You're listening to the Blue Box Podcast, and for the next 60 minutes, we'll be talking about Star Wars, so you don't have to. Hi, I'm JR. Hi, I'm Matt. Hello, I'm Simon. I'm Andy. I'm Lee. Um, Oh, before we go into Star Wars, I've just had a thought. After last week's episode where we talked about the first Doctor's apparent sexism, if there was any ism in those comments, anything more than just a sort of latent 1960s attitude to gender politics, then surely when Bill turned up, he would have had something to say about the colour of her skin, wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's actually sexism so much as just... I might no, fall into the camp of they didn't go there. Well, yeah, maybe. They did a little bit with the, the lesbianism. But that wasn't <laughs> but, even gender specific, was it? <clears throat> but I was really disappointed that his monocle didn't pop out of his eye when that was mentioned <laughs> in that carry on way. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I watched it for the second time. And uh, because it's him and Mark Gates' character reacting, it's Mark Gates' character that reacts to more, his line more than. Yeah. First Doctor. I think they had to tread a fine line mm. doing that because I think <coughs> he says, um, in Doctor Who, chauvinism is more acceptable. Made of than... glass or something like that. Oh, yes, it? yes. Yeah. 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 They chuckle. <laughs> Very good. Okay, then. Quickly moving along. Um, oh, Lee. We've Hello. just started the first of a new quarter, which means new music. What have we just heard? We have heard my son's 8 bit version of the Doctor Who theme tune done as Chaz and Dave <sighs> couldn't you have not said he was your son and just said the name yeah, no, and tried like, to pretend oh, it wasn't like, right, let's, let's, let's edit this bit yeah because let's face it now you've really sunk the nepotism thing have I right it's done why are you asking me then <laughs> could be anybody can I because <laughs> you've sourced it <laughs> it's from Fintalisker Music which is oh, one. really? Yeah. Who's Finn Talisker? I have no idea. Is he not, is he not your son? Yes, he is my son. <laughs> oh, there's no getting away from this, is there? <laughs> Just be proud. It's Chaz and Dave version as well, which I really like. It is, really. Yeah. Okay, should we do Star Wars then? Right, okay, before we get to The Last Jedi, and we have talked about Star Wars before, but before we get to The Last Jedi, I think, because we've not really done the new movies on the podcast... I'm going to quickly go around the table and ask everybody what their favourite Star Wars movie out of all the ones that have been released are. And then we'll quickly talk about The Force Awakens and Rogue One as the setup to talking about The Last Jedi, okay? So, seeing as uh, Simon's not prepared to name his favourite Star Wars movie, but Lee looks quite ready. Simon, I am going to ask you first what your favourite <laughs> Star Wars movie is. I. Go on. Is it like naming your favourite child? I'm, a, I'm only think, asking. I Star Wars. I I'm only asking yeah. so that the people listening know what each of us, which bits of Star Wars might be. They all blend we've... together in my head, but I think it's probably Star Wars. I think probably Star Wars. Really? Phantom always... Menace blends together with the Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> no, but it's just one big thing, isn't it? It's... Okay, I Star don't... Wars. Andy. Yes, um, same here. Episode 4, New Hope. Oh, no, don't do that. Star Wars. 
You use the danger word. Yeah. You don't use those words in front of Jay. I am not having that on this podcast. <laughs> Matt? Oh, Return, Return of the Jedi. Wars. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Okay, that needs more explanation. Well, that's my... I don't think it's the best Star Wars film, but I think it's my favourite one. Ah, fair it's enough. It's the one I can put no, on. No, that was enough okay. explanation. <laughs> Lee? Star Wars. And me, Star Wars. I'm astonished we didn't get one Empire Strikes Back. I think that's the best movie but it's not my favourite. I think I said that online, is that I think it's got the best aesthetic, I think, if that's the right word. The idea of them all being, all the characters from the first film <coughs> being in a different situation, it being the first film flipped on its head, and, and it's kind of the coolest film, I think. It looks best. Yeah, it, it does. It looks really good, mm. and it's well directed. Mm. But, if I'm honest, if I try and rewatch it, I seldom get through it, whereas mm. I would watch... Episode four, quite happily, oh, right away. I can't done it again. I can't, get past, <laughs> I can't get past. I can't get through what? Star Wars. What calling it episode four? <gasps> a new hope. <laughs> yeah, I didn't use the new hope. Yeah, I won't have episode four either. It is Star Wars. <laughs> it does say episode four. In the You're talking about text. nine films. You've got a Not they're all called Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars <laughs> is the... No, but it was originally released. It wasn't episode four. They added in a spoiling text. text. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is where we disagree because I think it was. Always... No, uh, it came up online. Somebody that. said the actual date and it was after the release of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, no, I know that. Yeah. Uh, I know that. Okay. Mm. But I'm saying that the original idea was to have a nine film saga. Yeah. Mm. They did before. the first one in, with, with, with the view that. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then it's, uh, it'll work on its stand its own two feet. And so the, the original idea there. also was that Luke and Leia would be shagging like rabbits, and look what happened to that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get bored with stuff, so I, I get to, I don't know which bit, I think the trash compacted bit in Star Wars. And I I think the last time I watched it, I fell asleep during that bit. Whereas. Yeah, but you've probably seen it dozens of times. Not as many times as Return of the Jedi. Just go with it, Matt. You've probably seen it dozens of times. <coughs> Honestly, you're going to get yourself beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> you got just wait till three... I tell how much I like Attack maybe, of the Clones. Maybe it's a generational thing. <laughs> We're not doing the prequels. You've got three rabid Star Wars fans. Well, to be honest, to be honest, Attack of the Clones, I probably would watch all the way through. Still, although it does have that awful kind of Charlie Chaplin modern times bit. With C three PO and R two D two, that is shocking. That is shocking. Yeah, it's a shocking effect. But that, and that, just I hate that in the same way as I used to hate the comics. Because I, hate, I used to have C three PO doing acrobatics yeah. and that. It's like he's not made to do acrobatics. I agree. I really hate Star Wars. I, I agree with you so much. this is Star Wars awful. All right, moving along. Okay, so all right, I'm going to lay my cards on the table. I really liked The Force Awakens because I thought what The Force Awakens did was it took all the stuff that was Star Wars and it said, right, we're not going to do anything new with the story this time. We're just going to tell the Star Wars story. And let's face it, we've seen it often enough. The Star Wars story is a couple of people who don't appear to have anything to do with anything. Luke and Han in the first movie will come out of nowhere and will end up destroying a Death Star. And that's what The Force Awakens does, right? But what it does is it uses modern filmmaking techniques aligned with the original filmmaking techniques to make a movie that looks probably better than any of the Star Wars Mm. movies. And it introduces new characters to take the story Mm. forwards. 
And I thought it did a damn fine job of all that. And I thought mm. it was a really good film. Mm. Um, Force Awakens, everybody. Force Awakens. Well, the funny oh, thing is that we, we went to see a double <clears throat> bill, didn't we? Who's yes. Where they, that's me, Lee and Andy. All went to see Last Jedi together. But it was a double bill where they showed Force Awakens before The Last Jedi. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I think was a positive thing and possibly a negative thing. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Um, I thought it was an incredibly solid film. Yeah. Incredibly solid. Yeah. And I don't think those, although those beats are there, they're quite basic. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's as obvious as people are making it. Oh, it's just a rip-off of A New Hope. It's, no. Oh, we did it again. <laughs> and this time we did it. And got away with it. Point one, it wasn't as blatant as that. And point B, it's a Star Wars film. What it was, did they expect? It, yes. was a, it was a strong homage, but one that subverted Yes. Certain things. Yeah, so it took, it took the story beats, it took the elements, and it did. I mean, it didn't like completely. It wasn't like, slave away, no. but it subverted certain things. It made a joke out of some of them. Yeah. And the yeah, action, the action stru- was perfect as yeah, well. Yeah, structurally, wasn't a deal breaker that it it does follow the beats of <coughs> episode Star four, Wars. You know. <laughs> oh God! As long as Matt doesn't do it. <laughs> Um, it does. It does follow. Those Lee's beats. not done it yet, but I'm just waiting. Well, we've got time. Yeah, we've got time at breaking um, wind. But that's not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not a deal breaker. What it what it did really well was to capture the DNA and the spirit of those first three films. Um, and let's face it, the important thing was it was 15 years since we last had a Star Wars film, and it was 40 years nearly since we'd had Star it Wars itself. Yeah. So for a new generation of cinema goers, it had to lay down those things. So that the universe was re-established mm. for the films going forward, and he and he does that really successfully. I mean, mm. we we came out of that first part of that double bill, and um, I know we were uh, Sam and myself were chatting about it, and we just really really loved it. And and um, it it was only the second time that I'd seen it. I haven't seen it on DVD or anything like that since. So it's a two year gap since I'd, I'd seen it on the big screen and yeah it was just really invigorating I think the characters were really well drawn um, and it had done new things it obviously had focused on a central female character which hadn't really happened before and then we actually see the face behind the stormtrooper and, and that takes the story in a whole new mm. direction as well so actually it's quite two big new novel elements. And the other thing is that the old characters took a back seat to a certain degree, yeah. didn't they, as well? Yeah, because there is a... So by a the end of it, you thought your, your favourite characters were the new ones. Yeah, and there's, yeah. there's a certain amount of bat and passing going on in, in that first one. But what, what, what I really loved um, from Force Awakens was um, Harrison Ford's portrayal of Han Solo, because sometimes it's really difficult to go back to, to a character that you haven't played for, for decades. And let's and be honest. It just felt right. Let's be brutal. Han Solo, like all the other characters in the original trilogy, was a very two-dimensional character, really. Mm, but he makes a lot of it as, yeah. a, as any, an actor. Yeah, any depth that was in that character was created by Harrison Absolutely. Ford. Yeah, so. And that is another thing that The Force Awakens did really well. It actually painted three-dimensional characters, even with the two-dimensional yes. character of Han Solo. Mm. Mm. And great music as well. 
great music again from John Williams. Of course. And it was, it was slick. I mean, I felt like it was a real solid piece of work when we mm. came out seeing it at the cinema. That's the fourth time I've seen it. First time at the cinema was fantastic. Two times on DVD was all right. I think it's designed for the, big, for screen. the big screen. Mm. Yeah. Saw it again with you guys, and I was absolutely buzzing, thinking, wow, this is such a great film. It's a great mm. blockbusting film from mm. all ages. Mm. You know, um, all ages were in there as well. Yeah. But yeah. And I really it. struggle with the Han Solo death scene. Really struggle with it. You did yeah. cry a bit, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't cry. Yes, you did. He's crying <laughs> now, Simon. You're well enough now. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, for us, for us to be so moved by that, you've got to have an actor and a character that you you do. It's more Chewie's about. reaction that makes me well up. Does <laughs> <laughs> his breathing? His breathing changes. It's really clever. It's really oh, yeah. subtle. Just a draw. Is that, is that what you mean? You know, Matt, you're about no, the right height. So. No, Chewie knows what's Google, about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and his breathing changes. It's really mm. clever, really subtle. Oh. Yeah, it's good. Okay, then Rogue mm. One. Again, cards on the table. Didn't like it anything like as much. I mean, it was a very entertaining watch, but I wasn't sold on any of the characters. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it twice. Right. And so once at the, the cinema and yeah. once on Blu-ray. And did it change both times? It did. Yeah. I I enjoyed it, really enjoyed it in the cinema. It was a ride. I'm not sure how invested I was in it because it felt a little bit slow at first. But when it picked up, I watched it on Blu-ray. I watched it with my wife. And my wife just didn't get into it at all. And I found myself getting bored. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> Maybe it's designed it's for the big screen and again. It's beautifully made and it's... And I've, I don't know whether I've said it on this podcast before, but I get I I feel like it's the video games like Battlefront made tangible on the screen. I mean, it was doing stuff which no Star Wars film <clears throat> film had ever done before, and it was <clears throat> you know it was a fanboy's wet dream. It really was. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, I, it wasn't. But like substance. But I, yeah. Mm, uh, not it. It hasn't got any substance to begin with because it's a story that's basically a bunch of people that are going to grab something and they're going to die. Right? It's a war. It's a, it's war, a war film. film so right? you're not going to get much depth. So it's drawing on a different genre. Yeah. yeah. And that's, in that genre, you don't, don't necessarily need you that care engagement about with the, the characters. The men on the mission. Film, yeah, yeah. Which is what yeah. it means, like Saving Private Ryan, for instance. Kelly's um, hero. But I, yeah. I think it says I, I felt, it speaks I, volumes that the most interesting character is the droid. And that only because they rewrote the dialogue because they saw the film. I'm not saying it's a bad film at all. I don't don't think it... I think maybe saying it has a lack of depth is a wrong criticism, but I think there's a lack of connection. Yeah. And almost because because it is a doomed mission, you don't really get a chance to... She doesn't come out of her shell till till about half... Well, it's almost like the way the they films. know they're killing them off, so they don't ask you to care yeah. about them no. because it's Star Wars. Yeah, Whereas should. in a war movie, yeah. they would ask you to care about so them like the because droid. they were killing them off. And then yeah. there's the two the two characters, the, the blind. They were really good. Actually, were really in good. a way, they were the they were the heart of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you actually really cared about their relationship. They'd obviously had this kind of there was almost kind of a gruff kind of love affair going on between these two, and mm. um, I almost wanted to see more of more of those characters yeah yeah. well yeah. I thought it was an, another one of those kind of magnificent sevens in spaces a bit like Blake Seven and all that sort mm. of stuff where you just get a, a, a crew together which <clears throat> shouldn't work but they do and they work really well together at the end I just I loved all the cliche I loved all the war film type stuff I, it's it's a beautiful thing to look at especially mm-hmm. in the end sequences the big set piece 
Um, and it just it, it it actually works as an action film really really well from start to finish. Just, I can't see anything wrong with the structure. It works fine as a good film, as a good solid film. But you're right. I think a second time round, I watched that. I was a bit nonplussed. It was like, hmm, this hasn't really grabbed me. But the third time, I watched it on a big screen again, mm. and the same thing happened with Force Awakens, yes. where I went, oh. Oh, I'm into this again. I can, I can get mm. this. Mm. So it, it really is a film watch. I thought a big it was, film watch. I thought it was great, but I think when I watch it, I retune my brain to watch for the spectacle rather than the characters. Mm. And then you can start to see, like the the battle in the in the the, the city, the kind of the guerrilla battle, and the, <clears throat> the sort of battle for Algiers influences and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, which all the best war movies draw on. Yeah, and. A lot of the best war movies, like Battle for Algiers, the big red one, those, those kind of things, they don't necessarily have characters you can latch onto because it's looking at fairly bland characters in extraordinary situations. Yeah. So they're not sort of super characters, and they're not entirely black and white. You know, the the no. main guy no. in it is a bit of a rogue, more yeah. so than Han. It's yeah. Actually. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I, I didn't warm to him, but anyway, I quite like the fact that I didn't warm to him because we're not supposed to. Yeah. No. That's called Rogue One, and that's not just. <laughs> Yeah. That's not by coincidence. This is yeah. this is the sort of the Star Wars that, mm. and also it's it's, the, it's the start of one of those Star Wars that, that don't that aren't supposed to follow the line of yeah. the original films. So you have to see them independently. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of hoping that the Han Solo the Han yeah. Solo movie is going to be funnier and more sort of Thor three kind of irreverent humour. I think they're going to bleed it out a little bit with Ron Howard. Well, we'll but, get to irreverent yeah. humour in a minute, won't we? Okay, let's go around the table like we did last week and one sentence from each person around the table on The Last Jedi. Matt. It's great. <laughs> Simon. Lots of lovely sequences, but I'm not quite sure that it gels. But I'd like to see it again. That's two sentences. Well... No, it <laughs> does! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there was a comma in there. Andy. A watchable but flawed film. A very tasty trifle made the wrong way round. And I... It was the best Star Wars since Star Wars. Possibly even just the best Star Wars. Right, we better unpick this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why does everybody laugh then? Did I do something funny? No. You played with your hair in a very funny way. Did I? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great for the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only laugh at things they can hear, not at things they can see. Okay. Can't see. Um, okay. But that's really difficult when these are no around. <laughs> 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 oh, oh you're, you are driving me home, aren't you? Lee? I am. <laughs> and it's raining outside, man. Yeah. Oh, podcasting gold. Right, let's do what... <laughs> okay, let's do what again we did last week and do the hot potatoes why is there this petition with 70,000 signatures on it? I just, I genuinely don't get what genuine, the issue is. genuine idiots out there. Yeah. <laughs> but for there to be 70,000 signatures, there has to be a big issue with this film. The the, thing is, somebody issues, explain to me what the issue is. Those issues, just stating this, my issues with the film are not about... No, I'll ask you about a, your issues in a minute. Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm aware, these issues are to do with where the story is being taken and what they're doing to the characters. Yeah, but what's the issue? With and what so, so the story's been taken... Cause so the first film, so Force Awakens, generated so many, so many theories and rumours and intricate 
intricate kind of plot beats based on the extended universe mm. and they yeah. just kind of ripped the heart out of that and Who's did their own Snoke thing they killed sort of Snoke. Yeah. so is this a spoiler special well they, kill, we've got to assume people have watched they killed, yeah, yeah, into this. They killed snoke off and snoke, 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 snoke was, was being this... generated as this sort of massive baddie and so i it sounds Maybe like they can't. were just disappointed that their But also their tonally, I think, you know... There's got to be something more specific than I that, think, um, surely. A, a lot of the fans have been saying that, that, that they were hoping that um, Luke would go down the more kind of classic Ben Kenobi, Yoda route, but he... Well, he does. He, he, yeah, but he's a character that, that on the surface, I think ultimately he does at the end, but... Um, I think on, he does on, right from the, the beginning, surface, to be he's, honest. He's kind of grouchy person who seems to be rejecting everything that the Force um, has to offer for... Good Just in, like good in the Ben Kenobi is doing when we come well, in in to, Star Wars. To, to, to a degree, but maybe it's more the way that Mark Hamill uh, is performing... The, the role that some some of the fans have an issue with. They, they, a bit they, like Yoda does in Empire. <coughs> I mean, I, I'm only talking about what yeah, the yeah, fans... Yeah, we're, we're but this is what I'm saying. I, I, I don't personally the 70,000 signatures. <clears throat> what is the issue? I was, um, when I saw those 70,000 signatures before I went to the movie, I thought I'm going to go in here and halfway through, Luke's going to say, well, I wasn't really a Jedi all this time <laughs> after all, or something like that. I thought there has to be something in this movie this... that messes with the continuity so badly mm. that fans want it taken out of the canon. This but really... all it was was like it subverted some of the main themes in a way that reinforced what those themes are. And it had a level of humour in it that was, in 2017, pretty much par for the course for the level of humour that was in the original trilogy in the 1970s. You'd have to ask those 70,000 people what they didn't like, but it, it does, despite the fact that it's doing incredible box office and it's probably going to be one of the most successful Star Wars films, certainly of recent years, um, it is really polarising um, viewers. And there are a lot of people out there that have real issues with with, with the film I'm, I'm 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 not at the level where i would put my name to petition and say this needs to be you know wiped off the uh wiped off the star wars canon but um you know it it, it does it does have structural and character issues which i'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute. i'd like to know how these people think that would play out so they took took that criticism on board and, and said, yes, you know what, they're, they're right. I think we will remove it from canon. And what happens then? Is it, is it like the Never Say Never Again of Star Wars films? It's like, it's like the it? war doctor of um, Star Wars yeah. films, never mentioned. And I, yeah, well, I mean, that's not going to happen, is it? No, I mean, it's not. You know, um... In character terms, this is the middle film of three. Mm. That so... is an odd. I do think it behaved very strangely for a second part in a... So second films can be a bit odd in a, in a trilogy because by by structurally from I much prefer this to Empire Strikes Back because at the end of Empire Strikes Back you've had half a story about each of the main characters in this one you get a complete story about each of the main characters and at the end of this film you could never get another Star Wars film and this film would still make sense because it ends in exactly the same way as say Day of the Triffids does mm. They've lost this battle, but they've escaped. Mm. And what does the future hold? And that's a great place to end the story. It's almost where Wells ends um, War of the Worlds, mm. almost. But it is where Day of the Triffids ends. Mm. This film, I think this film could stand entirely alone. But the character issues, you're going to say, 
Oh, I now see I'm crap at remembering the names. The guy who was the stormtrooper. Finn. 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 Yeah. Finn. In this film, I take it that people think he's sold a bit short in this film. I think he is. He is, really. He, was in, he, had, he had his star turn in Force Awakens, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Plus, he's going to come good again in the next one, mm. because the next one is the end of another trilogy, so the next one is going to end with all the characters, Poe, Finn, Ray. Mm coming together to defeat the big bad at the end of the next movie, I thought, right? I thought Poe Dameron was badly served in The Force Awakens. Mm. Yeah. And but he because comes it's into the, this Because one. it's The Force Awakens, I just watched it thinking, well, that's because he's a minor character. It's not really yeah. his story, no. So actually, yeah. it sort of balances between yeah, the two. Yeah, that was quite nice. But he was, he, obviously, he's the new Han Solo, though. That's the, my impression of yes, Poe Dameron. Yes, now he is. So therefore, mm. yeah. there's, a, there's already a Han in that movie, so that's why he's... Yeah. <clears throat> well, mm. yeah. And it works because he's brought more centre stage in this one. And actually, his story in this one, I really like because he was the one who was coming up with all the left field ideas yeah. that usually work in Star Wars. Yeah. And in this instance, none of them did or would have. But every time those ideas didn't or wouldn't work, instead of him getting put down, he gets told off. And then the admirals wink at each other and say, he's a good chap. And in the next movie, he's going to come good for us. I thought that worked perfectly. Mm. Um, in back to Finn, his story in this one, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen this and The Force Awakens once, so I'm going to have to... In The Force Awakens, he's the one who used to be the stormtrooper, sees the error of his ways, goes over to the good side. At the start of this one, you've got that story beat where it looks like all hope is lost and he's going to bugger off. But crucially, he's not buggering off just to save his own skin. He's buggering off to save Finn. Mm. Uh, Ray, right, rather, right, sorry. Yeah. So it's not like it's an ex- act of extreme cowardice. <coughs> but that then gives him a storyline. He's not the main character in this movie. But I think he still gets a fulfilling storyline whereby he gets to learn something about himself and the universe. <coughs> no, I mean, so I thought his story here... He gets an arc. He, he yeah. He gets an arc. And that's obviously something that will or should come good for his character in the next movie too. I'm sure it will pay off, yeah. Yeah, because the people making these movies... I mean, I know it's back to J.J. Abrams for the next one, but he's not going to ignore what's happened to the characters in this. No, filmmakers these days aren't so stupid that they ignore what's happened to a character, Mm. but they'll use it, and J.J. Abrams will use it. So all that, those stories all worked for me. All of those characters went on journeys that slightly subverted mm. where you thought those characters were going after The Force Awakens, mm. but also reinforced what their place in the Star Wars universe is, ready for a finale where they all come together and come good for one another. And subverted where you thought they were going knowing The Empire Strikes Back inside out. Yes. Because this, like Force Awakens, this repeats the beats of The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. But subverts them each time, or makes a joke out of them, which or is, does something yeah, twisted. So there's even, there's even a Lando Carusian character mm. who betrays them yeah. in the end, and, yeah. and there's a final battle, but it doesn't quite go. Yeah, and that's a bit like having things like BBA as R2D2 in the first one. Mm. So it's it's there. These movies are doing that thing whereby they'll take something from the original and do their own spin on it. I was kind of relieved because it's such a funny film. Yes, it was a really funny film. <laughs> Yeah, I really although, liked that. Although I felt that there were times when the the, the humour felt a little bit 
shoehorned in, in places and just didn't sit right for me. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, no, humour is... But I, but I, I'm not saying it wasn't funny, but I do feel but there are places <laughs> where it undermined... There's, but I think Star Wars could time. get away with being quite a serious film because the spectacle was new, it was fresh, mm. and you were wowed by the spaceships. Here, you're less wowed by the spaceships. So there was one bit where an iron comes in can you remember yes, the yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're looking at it yeah. and thinking that's a spaceship. It looks and really it's, like an iron. They've really lost yes. like the invention. Oh, it is an iron. Yeah. And you have to do that kind of ironic humour now because you're not wowed. But what undermines that? And I, you know, I kind of appreciate the artistic side of that. What undermines that is that we have things like Spaceballs, we have things like Family Guy, which yeah. do We've that. Adam and yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, but. This is a Star Wars film, and it shouldn't say, well, if somebody else is doing that, then we shouldn't. It's and this, this is a Star Wars film, and it should it's say. Not about, it's not about not being funny, because mm. I think humour as a vein is something that runs through many of the Star Wars films, and definitely should. And I felt and did through The Force Awakens. I felt in The Force Awakens, funny it was, um, yeah, yeah, it felt very organic. Um, the lines that had real humour in them didn't feel forced, whereas the, the, there were some beats in this film that just felt either from another from another film almost kind of in Spaceballs territory. Guardians yeah. of so, the Galaxy. So, so for instance, Finn is, is on the edge of death and he's putting this kind of cocoon thing which is obviously kind of keeping him um, alive and it's, and, it's, and it's fed with water. <laughs> back to and when he wakes up, he falls onto the, onto the operating floor and then when, the next time we see him, he's in the, the hangar bay of the, 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 the warship. And, was, he, and he's spouting water out of every office. I mean, it was funny. Pretty good. And it was, it was funny, but it just felt like it was from a different film for but me. But I didn't feel parodic to me. It felt like it just the, felt the jokes were either because the characters are funny. So um, the, the, main, the second main bad guy, the, the Donald Gleeson yeah. character... He's obviously like a fusty, but that was ridiculous. That was quite a hammed up performance, I have to say. But, he's, but I think that's his think character. This is what I mean, though. Where I think it didn't yeah. serve as well to watch the double bill because yes, because we the were, story we literally good. carried on from the previous one. Yeah, and we just it wasn't like a Harry Potter where you watch a Harry Potter and you think a oh, it's past. The, a year's past. It's the next year of school, so yeah. therefore you get suddenly you get the. Prisoner of Azkaban pre- with a different director and the tone is very the, different. Yeah, but the tone is different with Azkaban, but it's still the same humour, the same type of writing, because it's J.K. Rowling all the way through. Mm. With Force Awakens to The Last Jedi, it was a massive tonal shift. Mm. And within Huge. 15 minutes, we sat there, we were looking at each other in the first... Don, Donald Gleeson was playing a different character. He was a different he character. Was pretty, within he was, 25 minutes He was pretty uptight and... He was I mean, in the first. Place. He, wasn't, he was doing a sort of a yeah, Hitler speech. He'd been dialed up to eleven in this one, and it, and it was. But the, the point, kind of the point was that he'd had a massive catastrophe at the end of the first film. Okay. So he was kind of punctured. So the bad guys had all their air deflated. So you got him, and you got Kylo Ren, basically their children at the beginning of the Last Jedi. In the first film, they're kind of riding on a high. So. Mm. Um, Donald Gleeson is effectively Hitler so he has that ridiculous moment where he's stood in the Nuremberg rally <laughs> yes. giving the speech yeah, that's, welling up. that's not <laughs> a subtle performance that no. is but no, that's the character but it works it. within that yeah, context and I think, quite nicely and I think, if he was to do that and then yeah. he'd go la 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 hang on a moment yeah you know, that's what this film would have done the last but, Jedi but, what but, the it, other, but the Force Awakens wouldn't have done something but, like that but it didn't, the other but ones, it didn't do that it didn't do that it went from that moment 
through a massive catastrophe to that. So this is him having gone through that. No, they've no. they've lost the biggest, well, my point greatest is it's not killing machine the in the galaxy. The acting is okay for him, yeah. but it, it's his. It's the fact that the character has to react to comedic circumstances yes. that we don't need. Actually, it's it just I doesn't. Exactly. They are funny, and we laughed out loud all the way through yeah. because they are funny. Yeah, but it just feels tonally wrong. It feels very like Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy the, and Disney had got hold of it and gone. I wonder if the I wonder if the tonal differences because you've got the last movie being made by J.J. Abrams. I wonder if with that sandwich, maybe the tone will be more consistent. Maybe we'll see a better. I was going to say when you watch Star Wars, you probably didn't see it again before you saw Empire Strikes Back three years later. And you probably didn't see either of them again until you saw Return of the Jedi another three years after that. And if you did, you went to the pictures and saw them again. And you probably didn't see them all together in pairs, like you've just said. There is a huge tonal shift between Star Wars and Empire. And there is an even bigger one between Empire and Return of the Jedi. But by the time you do get them all on VHS and sit down and watch them all together, you've already seen them. So your mind already accepts the tonal shift. Here, you've watched Force Awakens a bunch of times, including literally right before you watched The Last Jedi. So the tonal shift, which is no more than the tonal shift between the first two... I appreciate that. I I said that I don't think it served us well to watch the first one before Mm. it. But I do think there's a difference between watching Sean Connery and then Roger Moore. Mm. It's not so much the tonal shift. I've got no problem with the tonal shift. It's the tone... That I've got the problem with. Yeah, which, yeah but look at the tone of just Return of the Jedi. There's a lot of fourth wall business going on. Oh, yeah, on as I well. know, you know, yeah. dancing Ewoks at the end. and Not just yeah, dancing but... Ewoks, but the whole Jabba the Hutt thing and yeah. all the ridiculous like, broad comedy in that is a, section. This is a personal thing for me, is my most hated moment in the, all of the Star Wars Ooh, films cool. is where Chewbacca does a Tarzan call. Yes. Because yeah. it's the only thing that links it with the real world, because yeah. you, it's escapism. You know, and then in this one they swear. He says, uh, "Does he say, says bloody, doesn't he?" Shit, bloody, I think. Ars- he says yeah. bastards at one point. <laughs> yeah. Does he? I yeah, yeah. yeah when well, the officers so calls them bastards, bloody bastards. Swear box. Yoda uses the term. It's not a page turner. And it really, it really takes me out of it and yeah. think, oh, yeah. I am that's, just that's, watching it. That's my point. That the but human also, is a reaction, but still but I feel it undermined. Here's another thing you've got yeah, to remember. Here's another thing you've got to remember. That first trilogy were made between 1977 and 1983. And there are probably things in there that you don't even realise now that refer to expressions that you use in the real world in that way. This has been made in 2017. And now you're adults and you're watching it and you're not watching it backwards from 40 years ago and suddenly you're hyper aware of it doing those things and don't forget no, this is not in 1983 when I was 12 but don't forget this is the point I was coming to <laughs> yeah this isn't just being made 40 years later it's set 40 years later and as much as our world has moved on in 40 years their world has moved on in 40 years as well Hence, you'd get expressions in a movie that's 40 years later, like Page Turner, that you wouldn't have got in the original trilogy. It's mm, a fair point. There think... are a few things in Force Awakens, the way that they say certain things. It's not quite, you're welcome, but that seems to be creeping into every bloody film at the moment. You're welcome, the villains say it, you know, because it's a comedy B. Mm. Thor Ragnarok does it quite a lot, which is annoying. And things like that, you just think, just... just... Thor Ragnarok. 
It's a great film. One I love best. it. Yeah. It's one of the best films ever. But the, it's just the humour. I think it's the, the irrever- irreverence or the, the fact that, it, like Simon says, it takes you out of the moment. Think, don't do that. Just get. You're doing really well. Don't make a quip. I don't know what, don't need I don't to. Know what the problem with being taken out of the, the moment is. So I watch films and I know that I'm watching a film and the, the fourth wall... Okay. Kind of, kind You're of. Okay, the it doesn't, it doesn't take me out of fiction, but it, it sort of wakes me up a bit. Would it you expect me, oh, them to do funny. it in Lord of the Rings, though? No, but I used to get very bored with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, Lord so, of the Rings so is the extremely tedious. The interminable and self-important. And then yeah, where I used to go to the toilet because I knew that nothing much was happening. Genre that was one of the best things about this film, and why it's. There or thereabouts being my favourite because it was so much less self-important than mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and then the prequel trilogy and then Empire Strikes and, Back. And just to be clear, I don't have a problem with self-importance and actually I think I'm Lord of the Rings immersion. is really good. I'm talking really about an immersive movies. experience as opposed to a self-important experience. Though. And also a director's... But I thought of, it was. A director's indulgence as well and things like that. I mean, the director plainly has thrown his, his weight at the film. This is how I'm going to do a film. This yeah. is the way I'm going to do films. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, if this wasn't Star Wars or something else, or it's another set of styles, which actually he's going to be doing anyway, mm. fine. You know, you've got a tone that's going to last for three films like this. Mm. But weirdly, J.J. Abrams spent a lot of work trying to set up this great tone of this new type of styles, which actually encompasses all of the best bits of the old and really, really new stuff. Incredibly mm. difficult thing to pull off. And I think he did it really well. Yeah. And then this guy comes along and... Has a bit of a joke with it, and it just. But there, there are moments we all laughed out loud. I'm not mm. saying they weren't bad. It just felt also really. Think... We were disorientated, but those were your words, Simon. Mm. Mm. We looked at each other many times with film, going, "What's going on? Well, why mm. is he milking a bloody but cow?" I, wasn't... On the side of I don't think I was looking. <laughs> that was the. But why that shouldn't was he be? Where I thought, oh, yes. are they no. taking the piss? No, no, no the piss. Where is milking the thing? Is no different from the bit in Empire where he cuts the thing open and climbs no, inside it. No, I tell you what it. the difference is. He doesn't turn around to the camera and wink. Exactly. And then drink the blood exactly. of the tauntaun, does he? He turns around to Ray. <laughs> to Ray, yeah. Which is the camera. Yeah, but that's different. It's a massive wink to the ferns. No, it's blue but, milk. He's going, it, this is where it comes from, Grant. But isn't the wink Isn't the wink doing exactly what you want with Luke? So it's giving a bit of character back to Luke. Luke so was instead never of making like that, him that a remote, Mark I mean, Mark Hamill's, always, well, Mark Hamill's a very funny bloke. Mm-hmm. And when you see him in interviews, when you see him do the Joker, he's hilarious. He's really funny. He's yes. quite a mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is not. Lee. And Luke was never like no, that. No, he wasn't Luke, like that back in the day. But this Luke is Luke. He's a teenager in the first yeah. film. He has only been a child before the first film happens. But there was a and by the end of the third film, he is, what, two, three years older? I mean, I know they're filmed three years apart. But they aren't set three years apart. Mm. Or even Jedi is set immediately after mm. Empire, is it not? So Luke is 20, 22 mm-hmm. by the end of the biggest, the biggest prop- gap between Empire and Jedi, isn't there? Because Luke's gone off and done all that stuff. I mean, Still, it's, it's, the point it's is, like he's 25. <coughs> he's, he's yeah. He is bit. now 60 odd. Yeah. He, is, he has done more changing since Return of the Jedi than he had done living. Before Star Wars, biggest, but I'm just biggest... going on. I'm just going on a gut reaction of a line of people sitting in a cinema when that happened, and we all looked at each other. And strangers looking at each other, going, mm. "What's that about?" <laughs> but you know what? WTF. <laughs> you said something about 20 minutes ago yeah. that absolutely told me what's going on here. 
you said something about the director and it was just an off-the-cuff remark and it was just something about the way it was working and you said, yeah, I can see what you're doing. You think you can get away with it or something like that. And what you were doing was subconsciously giving him permission to make a Star Wars film. As a fan, you were owning the property. No, I'm not a fan. I like the films. No, but a fan collects all the figures and does listen back to this podcast. Things. You said something. Well, yeah, I know, but I say loads of things and I make mistakes. No, no, it's not a mistake. It shows how you're thinking about it, what you're thinking about it. The eight it. films that we had, even the prequels, okay, have a particular way of dealing with humour. This the, is my the, issue. The, big, is my the biggest issue problem is George Lucas doesn't have a sense of humour. But the yeah. humour's contained within the scenes, within the context. Yeah, yeah. So the actors bring that, it you know, All the characters are kind of... Or something falls off, a spanner falls off, yeah. and they will go, blah, 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 whatever. That's fine. That's, that's yeah. humour then. You're kind of giggling a little bit. And Han Solo will come up with a quip because that's his character. Yeah. So right? you, and, you and McGregor adds, adds like a look to his scene to yeah. try and eke out a little bit of humour out yeah, of yeah, George yeah, Lucas's yeah, dead. Yeah, 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 OK. But, dead but it's still the same. But what what's and happening All the way up here, to The Force Awakens, yeah. which is 40 years later, yeah. and then suddenly, yeah. whoosh, you just do this little hurdle into Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't mind. I like the film. I'm not saying I don't like it. I do like the film, and I like the humour through it. But it felt just really odd. The, the pacing felt a bit weird. There's a very, very odd Battlestar Galacta moment that's just Return of the Jedi did exactly the same jump through a hurdle into humour of other films of the time when that came out. Except those other films of what the time mean? were the films of the, 1983. So the only the only thing that didn't work was the Chewbacca cry, but the Ewoks jumping about having a bit of a laugh. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Spearing the opening things. section on the desert planet. That was doing lots of comedy beats that you yeah. would have seen in other films in 1983. There's nothing wrong with This is doing beats. other comedy beats that yes. you'll see in other films but in 2017. My, my That's exactly is, the same my thing. My problem is, Force Awakens was only two years ago, and it wasn't doing that. So therefore, you've got to respect the film before that. Star Wars were only just, just totally before Return of the thing. Jedi. I think the Force it, had some but, great, it had some great humour. I think the Force, no, Force Awakens did the job that it was designed to do, which yeah. is bridge the old no-humour yeah. Lucas style with something new so it kind mm. of rebooted it and it then left humor. it open it did have humour it, it humor. did yeah humour is but beautifully but that's, that's, that's the bridge that's part of the yeah. bridge yeah but it's perfectly fine <clears throat> and now yeah. you're getting a Star Wars film that is today's Star Wars film and what and Lee you didn't let me finish before sorry go on what's happening here is me and Matt went to see a movie regardless of whether it was a Star Wars movie or not mm. and enjoyed the movie you three went to see a Star Wars movie and it wasn't what you expected a Star Wars movie to be. No. Because... It was, no, because Rogue One's different. that I wanted to, I, to watch. Well, it's not, it's not about... Uh, well, it is, it's, because it's, you... The I, film that you wanted to watch well, what is was the, a Star what, what Wars movie. You can't divorce the two things. What is that? I want a film that works. What I saw was a film that, for me personally, didn't work. It had tonal flaws. It had forced humour. It had structural problems for me. And as a thing, it doesn't matter what the moniker was at the beginning or the opening crawl. It doesn't matter if it was someone else's franchise as a film. For me, personally, and we're talking about the most subjective art form that there is, it didn't work. And it's not because 
of all the films that came before. All I don't think you can divorce it from that those, though. That gives me context. This whole conversation has been about the There's, Star Wars the wouldn't other, do this, Star Wars other, wouldn't do that. The other, the other films give context to what's happened before. I'm talking about this film as a thing existing as its as its own thing. And for me, on a number of areas, it just didn't work. I have to it agree. I have to agree completely because I've done a lot of thinking about this. I came out of that saying it was a complete mess. But what I've are your issues away. then with this well, film that aren't the same issues I, as in the Empire? Sorry, I didn't. I was trying to think about what I was going to say. Um, what I was going to say was I've done a lot of thinking about it and trying to work it out. Because I do believe that directors and writers and everyone should have the ability as artists to do what they, you know, to, to bring out their version of things. They should have the ability to do that. So I'm in no way saying, oh, you shouldn't have had this, shouldn't have had that. I can only say my personal experience of how it came across to me, that there were certain humour points where, where it felt, as Andy said, it felt forced and things like that. And totally it didn't feel... And sometimes it felt patchy. It felt like a number of different films glued together so the battle sequence at the beginning was amazing um and then all of a sudden that scene where he's in the, he's in the suit with all the water in it and he's coming out there and the way the the, the camera was positioned mm. all of a sudden it was like oh, it was like something out of red dwarf it was not a, because it was, of the comedy it was a sitcom shot so it was, it like, was a sitcom shot it was like a wide and it was brightly it was between that bit and that bit so this is why i say there's loads of lovely sequences that that's I'm a, really respected that's kind of a loved. convention recently of having that sort of shot with the comedy event happening in, well, the in the background but equally yeah. this I mean, is why i want to which is which is also but it is as lee said it's a guardians of the galaxy thing it's almost it's almost guardians of the galaxy 2 took it to its extreme by having Groot in the foreground with the actual action happening in mm. the background, mm. which yeah. is genius, and it works, and it, and it adds to the to and the it works humor. the right films. I mean, we saw it yeah. right, or the right context. We used to see in films like Airplane, where um, you know, the, mm. um, Leslie Nielsen be having a conversation with someone in the foreground, and mm. um, you know, going going through the um, the, the metal detectors are you know Palestinians yeah. loaded up to their you know eyeballs in um, you know AK forty sevens, you know, so so that. So, the, you know, it's a visual gag of that kind of order. Yes. For me, it didn't work. I mean, there was another scene where um, um, Ray and um, Kylo Ren were having these weird kind of um, mind conversations yes. where the camera cuts from one shot to another and we get the sense that they're almost, although they're in two separate locations, they're, they're kind of sharing the same space. Yes. So there's this one scene where um, Kylo Ren is stripped to the waist and he turns round and... It's, you know, it's supposed, for me, those moments are about, you know, kind of confrontation. Um, and Ray's uh, character so immediately, sure. immediately, mm. immediately un undercuts that yeah. by saying, you know, can you, put, can you throw something on? Yeah. And at that moment for me, personally, I, I, I didn't want that. It was, mm. it was, it, it felt, it felt shoehorned. It, it felt I think, like, it I felt like because, a gag. Are these because, not exactly the same things we praise Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who for? I, know, I think he does them well. I he think, does it I all think the time. And, and Doctor Who is able to I think turn for me, comedy and drama for, on a for me watching, when it works best. Watching it, I, I wasn't watching the film for the drama. I was watching the film for the entertainment. Time, for the entertainment. Yeah, and those moments where where that kind of George Lucas pomposity was occasionally punctured, 
instead of doing what the yeah, Phantom yeah. Menace does and bring in science to explain the force, yeah. which was completely the wrong direction. I, I this one sort of did the same with kind of with kind of humour, just undercutting the kind of the really dramatic moments. I think I think I kind of like that. Kind of yeah, no, had no funny lines. I like the porks as well. Nobody liked the porks. The porks were great. Especially when Chewbacca's <laughs> eating a dead paw. That was a good scene. And then the that paw's looking at it. That's, that's a really good scene. The first thing that I was, was really obvious humour and I, I cringed. The paw the on the windscreen. Yeah, but Chewbacca <laughs> seems like that in every Star Wars movie, really, doesn't yeah, he? That, that kind of thing is quite Return of the Jedi. That's okay. And it was quite it yeah, was quite long. It wasn't in your face. It was very, very to Chewbacca's character. But, you, well, but, no, you're, but, you're saying, but by saying, saying, it by saying it's Return of the Jedi, it's looking at the previous films as kind of authorization to like this so, film so well it's just a few that look a little bit different but generally speaking eight films have got roughly you can watch any of those you go oh it's a Star Wars movie this one didn't feel like a Star Wars movie it felt like a Marvel version of a Star Wars movie that's okay but not in the middle of a new trilogy Marvel, to me. It just but, felt, Marvel's well, really, no, but Marvel's doing this really... I'm not going to sign a petition. I like Marvel's, doing a, Marvel's <laughs> doing a similar thing that I really like that DC isn't, yeah. which is Very they're, they're bringing yeah. in different tones for each movie, sometimes within the same trilogy of movies, so the Thor films. Yeah. But Captain America is doing the same thing of bringing in different genres, and they're sort mm. of changing gear with each film. And that's how you make... I think make films that well, last. Three, four, suppose like Bond movies, really. Yeah. So. yeah, but whereas DC aren't, they're trying the same yeah. thing each time, which is like dour spectacle, dour spectacle, dour spectacle, and it's just not. It's just not. Well, look, how is it then that Thor one, Thor two have got a particular tone to it? It's very, it's a bit sincere in places. It's got a bit yeah. of comedy, but it's it's done a particular way. Yeah, right. Guardians gets gets big on their humor. Suddenly, there's like, oh, that's that's an interesting way of telling a story. We throw loads of humor in it. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok becomes Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor, right? And yes. it works. Yeah, right. Star Wars did the same thing. And it, it works. doesn't work. <laughs> Why works. doesn't it work? It hey, works. What is it, the um, audience what I we, saw it with all laughter, all the comedy yeah, beats. Well. It and, works. Yeah, and I did, think we Well you I did, so it may, works. It How may, can you say it doesn't work? I wonder if it's a whole thing. I wonder if it may work better when the third film's made. Yeah, maybe. And you can see it as part of yeah. a, I, a journey. That's when we judge the middle. Just to finish what I was I was gonna say is that I get all that. And I would, I want to see the film. It's a shame I've not had a chance to see it. And I'm actually yeah, seeing it again for the second time tomorrow, because I loved the whole load of it. I just wasn't convinced it was well made. It'd be interesting. Does to that see. make sense? It'd be yeah. interesting yeah. to see. It didn't feel like the parts it actually. Jump. Interesting to see what it's like watching it out away from Force Awakens, yes. but also yes. not at midnight. Yes, I watched, yeah. it, I watched it at midnight, As, yeah. and actually, I relied on the humour to stop me from like, nodding <laughs> off because I'm not, I'm not true. designed to stay awake well, after this. We were, we we had so many trailers. Yeah, yeah. It was a midnight screening. We didn't get to see it till probably about twenty five past. I was more was concerned with getting to twenty five minutes worth of trailers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it hadn't really been, I saw it in the middle of the afternoon, and it was half an hour before it started. If it hadn't been for the porks, the iron thing coming down, and the milk monster. I would have actually, I would have been, I couldn't yeah. have watched Lord of the Rings at that time. Oh, no. Yeah. Or, I don't know, <laughs> League, of, <laughs> League of whatever's yeah. at that time. I needed something like the Milk Monster. I've got to, to say. To just, was... keep me, to just keep me going. The, I've got, I watched it in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. And so it's got nothing to do with the time. But the humour, the fact that it 
did those things with the Star Wars movie mm. is what makes me like it more than any of the others. Mm. But it had some great moments. Princess Leia being blasted out of the window and coming back alive again. I loved that. I didn't like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you I see, that's one of the that. things I... One bit I didn't like but was the, the Leia the suddenly like reviving why, why the four to Doomsday moment. The fact that she's got the Force within her. Yes. We've yeah. never seen her yeah. use yeah. it. Actually, this is the yeah. first time. That was fine. But out. the effect was crap. Yeah, was that's it? one of the things on the petition though. Is they're saying oh, Leia, we'd never seen Leia do that before, and we were like, well, but we know she's got the passed by. Yeah, no. we know she's got the force in her, and despite the number of years that have passed by, yeah. if you suddenly find yourself deep space, and the only yeah. thing that can save you is the force, <laughs> and you know you can use it, you would, right? Yeah. And this is how it manifests for her. I didn't mind. No, I didn't mind the force bit, but. And my, I, I was slightly because she was blown up on the bridge oh, oh. and sucked out. Pardon well, yeah, but you didn't see her being sucked actually out. Actually, she was going to be killed. I don't think you did actually. Moment. Did you? I, I think so. Yeah, I may have not at all. Two people talking. No, go ahead, Matt. No, we just. No, no, I finished. I was, I was going to say actually that I, I thought when that moment happened, she gets blasted out into space. I thought for a moment they were going to kill her. Yeah, right off in that would have actually been a really. Old beautiful moment to, to end her story. I, I thought what they might do at the end, when the others get on the ship, is just not show the scene where she walks up the ramp. Mm. And then you could just, at the start of the next... Because that would have been an easy edit. Mm. Yeah, mm. And that would have been a way that you could start the next movie, Where's Leia? Or... Mm. Uh, what did Leia say behind for and as long as you come up with a plausible reason for it yeah. and you've got two years to come up with that plausible reason yeah. I thought that would have been the way yeah, they would have definitely. done it I was expecting that at that point there was yeah. a very odd moment wasn't there when they go to the casino planet to get the decoder guy um, obviously they didn't they're sort of fake they didn't need him or something anyway but how is it I, I, I forgotten explain to me how is it that they couldn't move anywhere on this rebel ship at all Right, but these guys managed to bugger off to a planet and spend some time letting some horses free, and then come back again to the to the. They did a sort of thing with like an escape pod. Like, well, why didn't they all do that in. then? Well, they did it at the end, didn't they? Yeah, didn't but why didn't they all do that anyway? That's what I don't. Because yeah. I well, they was... did. They waited until they got to the planet that they were escaping to, and then they used the shielding devices to take the ships off to the planet that they were escaping to. But they had to wait until the point where they were close enough to do it. So they did, Lee. They did. Yes, they did do that. Right. But what they didn't realise was that the First Order, as it's called now, had an anti-cloaking mechanism whereby they could see the ships. One of the yeah. one of the main criticisms I've heard about the, the, the story is that it was essentially a slow motion chase across space. Yeah. It was Battlestar Galactica. Was I Battlestar. don't have a problem with that. The new Battlestar Galactica, for oh, sure. That was definitely something. Yeah. Two and a half hour slow motion chase across space. Battlestar Galactica <laughs> with five years chasing us. <laughs> we've jumped and Porgs. Yeah, Porgs. <laughs> no, actually, I, I really watched. liked that element of it because generally in a Star Wars film, yeah. you're either looking at a Death Star or you're looking at a linking segment between a Death Star. Mm. Or if you go back to the prequels, you're looking at some weird bit of politics that's going to end up with Darth Vader or whatever. But you know what I mean? <laughs> in a Star Wars movie, you're either looking at a Death Star or the bit that gets you to the next Death Star. And mm. this actually, for once, felt like a movie mm. that wasn't 
either the Death Star or getting to the next Death Star. Yeah. This was getting away from the Death Star. Mm. And that felt almost like a metaphor for the Star Wars universe to go off and find something other than Death Stars to do. And that last set piece was phenomenal. Oh, the last half an hour was just astonishing. The salt planes, you know, just everything about it. Even the joke... Rubbing the flicking, his shoulder yeah, yeah. was perfect. Just one flick, Lee. I, oh, yeah. I thought that was clunky as you well. You hated that, but I thought it was perfectly time. If he had no other humour... I thought him throwing his lightsaber over his shoulder was clunky as well. That was clunky. I tell you what I really liked about that confrontation. <laughs> that and that was a great confrontation. The anger and mm. the resolve. But then it's only a few minutes later where you suddenly realise it wasn't the fact that Luke's a Jedi that saved him. But it was the fact that it was just a projection. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't use the force at all. <laughs> yeah, because you'd watch that whole bit, and even after it's revealed that it's a projection, it still doesn't strike you immediately. Oh, that's how he escaped all those bombs. Mm. I thought no, that was right. brilliant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was great. Like you say, the end where they escape through the, the mountains to the other side and there's hardly any of them left. It does make you think you want to watch the next film. You want to see they've they've got to win <coughs> somehow. How are they going to possibly do this? It was, and they did it with this yeah. beautiful thing of the hope. Well, of the, you know, the young kids seeing, telling stories. Of yeah, yeah. And things. That's that really nice. to me was Ryan Johnson saying, "I'm going off to do another trilogy after this." That scene with the kids, that bit at the end where it's just a dozen people in a spaceship is the bit where Star Wars really does meet Blake Seven, yeah. and um, oh, what's the um, Serenity. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. That and that was um that was again sort of a metaphor for Star Wars in a nutshell almost. Yeah. It's because it's always been about this tiny rebellion against the mighty fist of the Empire. But the rebellions always seem to have so many planets and bases and spaceships and everything else. It's almost been like the rebellion is this big and as powerful and as mighty as the Empire and it seems to me that that, the end of that film boils it down to what it really is I I thought all these beats were absolutely terrific and it was, you know, I was suddenly left thinking, why does Empire Strikes Back end with everybody in these huge magnificent cities looking out into vistas of space when really Empire Strikes Back should end with them beaten and bedraggled before they pull themselves together for the final push in the third film. Because at the end of Empire Strikes Back, they don't feel like a beaten force. They feel like just a couple of beaten people in this mighty great universe-spanning force. I thought this beat that all ends up, to be honest with you. I came out of that movie absolutely pumped for Star Wars in a way I haven't been since 1977. It's done its job then. I felt the opposite, I guess. <laughs> I, I, as I say, I've thought about it and it's been mulling over my head and, and I, I, I think the word is audacious. Is that the right word? Probably. It's pretty audacious, yeah. It is. I mean, there's no. I can't take away its I'll tell you what it is. Whether it works or not, I don't... I'll tell you what it is. It's the 11th hour after the end of time. Hmm. Anyway, right. That's Crack up to 11, though, I think. I, I don't think... Yeah. I didn't think I it think was because I didn't. Would do a lot of that stuff. I went in knowing that there were these sort of humour <coughs> issues, so I was sort of half watching out for them. I think, yeah, and maybe. there were far fewer than I was expecting. There were maybe a dozen in the entire movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think those those and that's in two and a half hours. Well, I'm very aware that if I watch it again, I may well fall in love with it. You mm. know, it may be that the things I picked up on 
aren't as obvious as they were. But but as it stands, we've each seen it once, so let's give it a score based on that first viewing. Lee? Seven. Andy? Five. Wow. Simon? I think we, on first viewing, I'd say a seven. Matt? Nine. And I'm going to say nine as well. Mm. because despite the fact that I was pumped for Star Wars in a way I haven't been since 1977 it still had some of those Star Wars issues yeah. <laughs> like the acting in some places was a bit wooden and the dialogue in some places was very George Lucas yeah <laughs> you're not wrong there <clears throat> alright then let's call it a night oh uh, was Gary Barlow in it Gary Barlow? Barlow somebody told me the other way Gary really? Barlow was in it Adrian Edmondson's in it yeah there was a shot during the um, scene at the end where the, or not at the end, but towards the end. Is it Gareth Edwards? Oh. Oh no, I was I'm talking about something. Else. I think I saw the director of Rogue One in, in a shot. Could have um, been. Tw- there was a the shot where all the <laughs> TIE fighters and their Y fighters or whatever it was are facing off against each other and there's lots of dogfights in space. And all of a sudden, there was a sequence where you get lots of shots of pilots' faces in there. Not the Y fighters, the right. weird whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, on the salt planet surface, sorry. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And you get lots of shots of people's faces. And there is a shot of somebody there who does look like Gary Barlow. <laughs> Could be. Don't know. It's so, look like Timo Peach as well, but anyway. Oh, yes. Yeah. He really did. <laughs> so it could be that somebody's I mean, seen the movie, taken that for Gary, Gary Barlow, like and Daniel spread Craig the rumour that there's a Gary Barlow they do, they do do cameo. They do cameos and mm-hmm. things like Daniel Craig. But as it's, a, as it's an unspeaking role, he doesn't need to be... No, so it right. could be him. Yeah. It was Most of it was made in England again. Yeah, yeah. Punk is not a Sheeran. Yeah. A Sheeran. He's going to be in the Han Solo movie. He's not, is he? <coughs> oh, come on, Simon. I'm pulling your leg. No, but he wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, he Michael Game Jackson of... wanted to be in the prequels, didn't he? was he? in Game of Thrones. He was going to buy his way into it. So but he was not there, was really. in Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he's moving into... Ed Sheeran's probably singing the title Ed song Ed of Solo. Wait, <laughs> sorry, did you just say Ed Sheeran's going to go into Game of Thrones? Well, he has been, been in, in it. Game he's of been in it, has he? Yeah. yeah. Oh. In a speaking role. Any good? Yeah. Okay, fair Yeah, I have no problem with Ed Sheeran. Right. <laughs> that really is going to fight break out in a minute not from me I got nothing against Ed Sheeran either I'll he's a singer he's a singer alright we may speak again about this I suppose in a couple of weeks but if we do it will be brief uh, but until next week oh next week we might be back on um, series 6 with Impossible Astronaut and Dare the Moon maybe Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Until then, I was JR. I was Lee. I was Andy. I was Simon. I was Matt. Oh, he's doing that because you did that at the end of the last episode, Simon. <laughs> and as we've recorded these both on the same night, he remembers it. And we'll speak again soon. This was a totally different version to the one last week. At least you could have left a pause so I could have cut the recording there. <laughs> Sorry. My sweet God. I was mad. <laughs> no, no, no. I left, the pa- I left the pause for you to edit. So if I say, my name's Matt. And Will, whatever. I can't remember how it went. I was Did I... Well, it goes the same every week, doesn't it? No. Okay, let's, let's pause. Cause I, I left it didn't a, even go the same both I times left, tonight. I left an editable pause between Simon saying, I'm Simon, and me saying, I am Matt. 
you can cut there and then just cut <laughs> to me saying, I was Matt. I was JR. And we will speak again soon. I don't edit. <laughs> oh. There will well, be then, well, then I've just saying. announced that I was Matt three times. I know, and don't you look bloody stupid. <laughs> You're like David Tennant regenerating twice, aren't you? I was Matt. <laughs> he was Matt. Revolution number nine. Go, I'm Matt. I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Matt. And so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs>